Hey, everybody. Welcome. You were born for this podcast with Father John Ricardo and Mary Guilfoyle. We're a couple of missionaries on Acts 29, and this is the podcast where we're, we talk about anything and everything having to do with transformation in the church. Sister, how you doing? I'm doing great. Happy Monday to you. Are you catching your breath? Oh, I am trying. It has been uh, quite the two, three weeks for us uh, in Acts 29, but great stuff. We're excited to share just some of the graces that the Lord's poured out on us in the midst of uh, some of the ministry he's allowed us to do. And and hopefully um, this will be imminently relatable for everybody listening, won't it? Yes, we pray so. And the graces have been abundant. We're eager to have a conversation. So what is uh, before, our uh, what is our topic? So our topic for today is what does it take? What does it take? Yeah, well, it's going to take. Uh, going to take some prayer. It's going to take some <laughs> prayer. So let's pray. Yeah, okay. in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father, we just uh, pray even now that you would be kind and gracious and bless uh, me and Mary right now as we talk about how it is that we can better be your son to those that we encounter. Lord, we're living in often very contentious times. People have very short fuses. So many people have distorted views, not just of you, but of the disciples of your son. Lord, we want to shatter those views by our words and our actions, by our kindness, our welcoming spirit. We want to be Jesus, despite how broken we are to the world around us, which is desperately longing for him, even though they do not know it. So we ask your blessing on this conversation now. Help it to be practical and inspiring and encouraging. And we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. So we talked, you know, last uh, week we were talking about our, our visit to Gettysburg, which was just a, a great experience. We left that. We came back. We had this... Uh, we had a couple of dinners, some encounters with some people that we want to talk about. We had uh, an event for uh, Right to Life of Michigan that we were fortunate to be a part of together with uh, Coach Jim Harbaugh from the University of Michigan. It's gotten a fair amount of uh, press because of the controversy of uh, our good brother Jim just taking a stand and speaking out on behalf of all of human dignity. Uh, and then we just hosted 20 priests from across the country for and, about uh, two and a half days. Yeah, just getting together to pray and to um, just enjoy fellowship with one another and see if God has some work for us to do, potentially to do together. And I don't know about you. I mean, we were uh, we were with the brothers one morning and we were recounting some of these events. And I looked at uh, at you and Rick and Nick and Albert and just said, you know, often when I read the Acts of the Apostles, it seems very clear that Luke is compressing a number of events into a couple of verses. And, you know, you get the impression, and probably was reality, that these events took place over somewhat of an extended period of time. But then I was thinking back on the days that had led up to that um, exchange with you guys, and I thought, maybe not. Maybe, not. <laughs> maybe this really just happened. Like, on Monday, we had this incredible encounter, and Paul drove out some demons. On Tuesday, they tried to stone him. On Wednesday, he was over at this town. I mean, who knows? Uh, we've just been really... Um, basking in God's uh, goodness, uh, yeah, God's goodness, as Amen. you say over and over again, we had a, a front row seat to watch watch God work. So we want to talk about two things in particular. We want to talk about two events, two encounters that we had, and then try to just uh, apply this to our our daily lives. You know, uh, us as disciples, and how how God might be uh, be calling us to to better witness. To 
to being Christians in a world which increasingly hates Christians. And oftentimes, probably for good reason, because we don't We don't look like very Christians. attractive. Right. Yeah, you know. So, you know, one of them was uh, the two events were an encounter at a restaurant. And then the other was this Right to Life event. So maybe we can just break these open for folks and give them a sense. We talked about our dear sister uh, Isabella and the encounter that you and Albert and, and, and I had with her uh, when we were out and uh, doing some mission work back in the, in the winter. We had a similar kind of encounter with some folks, but um, we, were, we were out for dinner and uh, the woman who was taking good care of us, who was very kind and gracious, at, at one point, um, she heard us, I don't remember if it was mentioned, the name of God or a was scripture it? passage. It was a scripture passage. And she, she had like no, I don't know how to, you can't see me obviously, but she just had like that, she looked like one of those magnets that hits the other pole and it like repels. I mean, she just like heard God or heard scripture and bounced away from the table. And we all looked at each other like, wow, that was interesting. And so she came back and, um, and Nick, I think, just teed up the simple question of, uh, are you a person of faith? And she shared with us, um, no. She says, uh, I don't believe in God. Uh, I would probably describe myself as a, as a pagan, maybe even a Wiccan, mm-hmm. you know? And I don't know if she was expecting some sort of, you know, reaction to that. but Like we were going to recoil from that. Yeah, like, right. oh, well, we're not going to talk to you. We're not going to waste our time talking to you. Right. And instead we just said, oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. And then that just gave way to throughout the remainder of this evening having a a, a really powerful conversation she shared with us at one point that uh, she'd gone back into the into the kitchen shared the question that nick had asked some of the people back there said i can't believe they asked you that question they can't ask you that question and then one of the people in the kitchen came out with her and sat down and you know long story short we spent i don't know three hours in that restaurant we were the last table in that restaurant And they had finished we close up a lot the of night. Restaurants. Yes, we do. But everything, I mean, our, our everything was finished. And this young woman brought out another young woman and they sat down. And we had one of the best open conversations you could have ever yeah. asked for. Yeah, it was really remarkable. It, 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 it was beautiful. And so it was just a beautiful exchange of questions. Yeah, and they both from, described themselves as either, you know, like, I'm an, I, I, I'm an unbeliever or I, I uh, at best, I'm agnostic, at best, right? So, yeah, so they described themselves as um, agnostic at best yeah. or, or, or where they were in, in, in their lack of faith. And um, so anyway, at the end of the conversation, um, we had all weighed in. You led the conversation. Nick had some things to say. And at the end of the night, um, I went up to this beautiful woman and I said, the best thing that happened tonight was meeting you. No matter what happens from this conversation, the best thing was us meeting you. And I gave her a hug. And then we ended up going back to that restaurant the next night. Yeah, we saw her Unexpectedly. She carved out a place for us. The restaurant was sold out, sat with us again, had a great conversation, and then um, wanted to stay in touch. Yeah, and and not only uh, that, but, I mean, she brought, like, two other people from the kitchen out. To meet us. Yeah, who just wanted to come, like, oh, are those the people? Are those those? those, Right? And so this woman had shared with us that, you know, her, I think her husband uh, came from a family of faith. And one of the things that had pushed her away, you know, that had really, 
uh, it wasn't the only thing, but it was a significant thing that had pushed her away from faith, was just the, the treatment that she got from her husband's parents, who, who just sat in judgment on Very her, who told her she was going to go to hell. Um, there was no, it didn't seem like there was any kind of right. um, interest in her. It was just more like an interest in convincing you you're wrong. And that's sometimes where we go. Yep. Well-intentioned, um, but sending the wrong message. And as we've said over and over again, what matters most is um, letting people know that um, they're loved, they're seen, they're matter, they matter, and that we're open to this discussion. But if I can just step in. So, so, so then we left, shared, the, shared um, my email with her. Mm-hmm. Uh, shared a set of things with her in the email. She writes back and just says what a pleasure it was uh, to, to be with us. What she appreciated the most, Father John, was that we had an open conversation. And she made a point of saying that we didn't pass judgment on her and that she wanted to stay in touch and she wanted to keep the conversation going. And so the conversation has continued and we've shared some things with her. Uh, We sent her flowers. She received those. She said she just felt so loved by all of that. And again, it's just beginning a conversation just like we want to be heard. How are we going to win people if we don't allow a safe space for them to sit down with us and just talk? In fact, I remember she shared with us uh, when we saw her that second night, she says, you know, I went home and I shared with uh, with my husband uh, the conversation that we had, and she said I began to cry because um, they didn't treat me the way your parents treat me, mm-hmm. and and so you could sense this kind of ache, like if if they had, if if her par- if her husband's parents had, maybe I wouldn't be where I am right now. But she was she went from someone who had repelled from the name of God at the table the first night to the second night. Here she is in a crowded restaurant, standing around the table, talking about God pretty loudly with us around the table. It was amazing. It was in 24 hours. And love wins the day. Love wins the Always. day. Always. So Always. That, that, was, that was one event, right? The second event was uh, this event which took place, uh, would have been a week ago yesterday now, uh, in Plymouth, Michigan at this Right to Life event dinner uh, that we had a chance to be a part of. Hard for me to talk about it. I, I, I gave the talk or one of the talks anyway, but you were there and you made a point to say some things to me afterwards. My goodness, it, it was, um, so uh, it was a, a, a local right to life event here, here in our home state of Michigan. And uh, you, Father John, were presenting alongside with Coach Jim Harbaugh and his wife, Sarah. And I was brilliant. Mm-hmm. Well, Father John, <laughs> the anointing was on you. you, you it, it, there was uh, uh, the power of the Holy Spirit in you. And, and of course, as, as our, our friends who are listening know, uh, I've known you, my husband and I have known you for 26 years. And I don't think I've ever heard such a balanced honest, clear, concise, rational presentation on the right to life, the need for personhood, and I think ever, and I think probably one of the most notable things was the pastoral way you teed it up, that more than likely, given the statistics of everyone who's gathered there, given the the statistics alone on abortion, when you've got that many people in a room, more than likely, some of us there that night had experienced and gone through the trauma and the pain and the grief of abortion. And you spoke into that so beautifully. And it was just a remarkable night. 
And hearts changed that night. Unexpectedly, we've heard from people who said, you know, it's, it's, not, it's not the norm that my heart can get changed. This one person said, it takes a lot to change my heart. But what helped change people's hearts that night, and I would say even in this conversation with these two beautiful women that we met in this restaurant, it goes back to tone, mm. it goes back to welcome. And I said to you that night, it's not so much what you said, it is what you said, but it's how you said it. Non-emotive, very calm, very peaceful. And um, yeah, it's just it's just remarkable. Hearts can get changed alone just by tone. Yeah, and I think you know, maybe just to add one thing um, to what you've shared so beautifully that I think was the, a common denominator in both of those mm. uh, encounters that we had was something like a um, uh, a holy provocation. I love that, Father John. You know, so um, we, we we want people to walk away like this woman did the first night with this first event that we were talking about and kind of scratching her head going, those are Christians? Like, they're not like Christians that I know. You know, we're not trying to toot our own horn. Trust me, I, I say things in a not-so-kind way a lot. And, and <laughs> you know, So we're not flawless. These are just, the, the point is just to make the, the, the to, to hold up in front of us, the Lord's holding up in front of us, and then we're just trying to share that with others. Like, when we do this, we actually look like him, right. right? I think sometimes as as disciples, you know, we, we come across very harsh, very unkind, very judgmental, um, and it's almost as if, I, I gotta make sure that you understand where I stand on something. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know what, that's probably gonna come up. The first thing I probably gotta do is make it clear, you know, I see you, that's right. You use that expression all the time. I love it. I see you. That's right. You're, you're, I, 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 I recognize you. I'm here. I can listen. I care. You know, Father John, I, I'm reminded of uh, when, when uh, we had the second dinner that night and, and this beautiful woman came to service again and she was sharing that she had gone home and cried uh, with her husband about this encounter that she had. And it wasn't like the encounter that she had had with uh, her in-laws. I went back that night to uh, where we were staying and I repented. Mm. I repented of the times in my life when I have treated others the way her in-laws had treated her because because that has been me Mm. and at times it can still be me. So God's grace was moving to even change my heart in that moment like be reminded be reminded that we can we we can be those Christians that repel others. Yeah. Unfortunately, and, and tragically, we often are. Right. Yeah. You know. So yeah. so these two things, right? These right. these events, they, they lead us really to just you know state the obvious, right? This this is why you know quote unquote sinners, as they're called in the gospel, which is all of us, right? I mean, we were all rebels, which who have been one. If I'm a disciple, I was once a rebel, and somehow Jesus won me to Him. Right, the, the example of the Lord, not just what he said, how he said it. We have to, as we read the scriptures, especially his encounter with these people, we have to try to see him and hear his tone with these people, with us, right? Because what the Lord, his, his engagement with people over meals, I mean, it's not for nothing that God became a man at a time and in a culture where it takes hours to eat meals because food is the ultimate icebreaker and and the Lord's gathering people around him and he is like 
um, a giant flame and the people are like moths like mm -hmm. drawn to the flame and they're drawn to the flame that is the sacred heart of Jesus because it's abundantly obvious that he cares, right? That he sees them, that he wants to engage them, that he loves them. And that doesn't mean that he, he doesn't leave or that he leaves them where they are. I mean, we're always, it seems like we're always so like uh, adamant on, yeah, but I gotta make sure like, I'm not gonna let you stay where you are. You know what? It's gonna take time That's right. it's to help journey. people to move. That's and, the, right. and the time's gonna, it, it's gonna be uh, made possible if the people actually know we care. That's exactly right. And it reminds me of a line that uh, we came across a set of years ago when we were in parish ministry. And it something akin to love builds a bridge across which truth can pass. Mm. And that is so true. Long before you can speak truth, there has to be this bridge that's constructed with love empathy, attentive listening, being an in-your-shoes listener before I can start to pass truth yeah, to that. that other person, right? I love that. You you uh, were kind enough at Christmas to give to all of us on the team the uh, the new book by Peter Kreeft, uh, which is a, a, his commentary uh, on the scripture the readings. readings. Yeah, yeah for Sundays. Year. So, um, And this, I guess it would have been a couple of weeks ago now, but is one of his lines in there was something to the effect of, you are what the world sees of Jesus. So beautiful. <laughs> so beautiful. Father I mean, talk about, you know, Craig's got just got this, the, the problem with his books is... They're you, all one-liners yeah, and you, you, just, and you, you just highlight under, you highlight the whole page. My whole book's <laughs> yellow. It's terrible. Like, there's not a wasted word, but you are what the world sees of Jesus. And, you know, the way we love needs to be the way Jesus loves. And the way we speak needs to be the way Jesus speaks. I made a point of sharing at that Right to Life event um, in, uh, an excerpt from some friends of ours who were publishing an article. They let me take a look at it. And one of the lines in there was, Jesus was not an anxious or angry person. And he never motivated his disciples by stirring up anxiety or anger. And look and where we are. We right as now. disciples cannot do that. We cannot uh, act out of either anxiety or of, um, you know, uh, unrighteous anger. We have to be so careful. You know, rage is at an all-time fever pitch, yeah. both in the world and in the church, in our lives. And it's just all of these encounters that we've had this last week is just a reminder, yeah, right, from the Lord. Um, uh to, to look different, yeah. to speak different. Um, so, Father John, close us out. What are some of the things, what are some of the takeaways from all of this? Yeah, so maybe five quick things, right? So this week, very practical. First of all, you know, let's, let's go out of our way every day just to say, Jesus, give me divine appointments today. Give me encounters with people. Bring me into the orbit of your sons and daughters, brothers and sisters who are lost right now that you want to win, mindful that the way you do that is through us, right? So pray for the encounters. Second, when you have them, pray for the grace to be courageous. It could be something as simple as, you know, out at a restaurant and you're about, you make a point, we've said this before, of waiting for your, 
you know, waiter or waitress to come there and say, hey, anything we can pray for tonight? Simple, simple question. And it's surprising how many people will respond to that. Yeah. You know, worst thing they can say is no. You know, like there's not that they're going to throw their food at you. So, um, so be courageous and then strive to be like provocatively different, right? Because we want people walking away, scratching their heads going, wow, that's, that's a different look at a Christian than what I what I had expected. Mindful that most people around us are not disciples, right? Maybe fourth, just, you know, like every day, let's just ask the Lord, Lord, help me to be like you today. Or, or maybe better, Jesus, just speak through me in every encounter I have today. You know, maybe just take the time to be very deliberate and say, Holy Spirit, just even now, help me to speak as Jesus speaks. And then, you know, lastly, just keep in mind what the goal is. The goal isn't for us to win arguments. The goal is to win people, to win hearts. And we got to trust that God wants this more than we do. And he wants to use us, you know, broken, sinful, selfish, volatile as we can be at times, right? Only in God's mysterious plan could he invite us into that mission to be his voice, to be his heart, to be his hands. I love that last Um, that last uh, item that you shared there, Father John. If you win the argument, so what? If you lose the people, if you lose the relationship, if you lose the conversation. So remember, like uh, Dr. Crave says, you are, I am, what the world sees of Jesus. Please, God. This week, we will have many divine appointments and many opportunities for them to get a glimpse through us of the one who loves beyond all telling. And because all of this is true, do not be afraid. God is with you, and you were born for this.